you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Exodus chapter number 6, begin reading with verse number 5 of Exodus chapter 6. The Lord is speaking and he says, and I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered, everybody say remember, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will rid you out of their bondage and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you for me to, to me for a people. And I will be your God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you unto the land concerning the which... I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will, everybody say, I will. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. How many of you know that God always keeps his promises always keeps his promises come on thank him for that right now somebody needs to receive that right now we thank you today for your word oh God thank you for your promises which are yea and amen thank you for the surety of your word thank you God that we can stand upon your promise and know God that you're going to fulfill what you have started and keep what we have committed we honor you in Jesus name amen turn to a couple people around you and just tell them before you're seated God keeps his promises God keeps his promises
Now, I have to tell you that I struggle. Let me just be very vulnerable. I struggle with dishonesty. I struggle with people who are not forthcoming. I struggle with people who tell me things that are not true. The flesh struggles with liars. I struggle with it. It's a battle. But I can respect someone who keeps their word. My dad, as a kid growing up, he would tell me sometimes, son, when we get home, you're going to get it. And he always kept his promises. I wish he would have forgotten. He instilled some things in me. I want to tell you about God this morning. If God's ever promised you anything, he will keep his promise. If God has ever spoken something to you, you can take it to the bank. God will always keep his promise. Every promise in the word of God is yea and amen. Every promise that God has ever made to his church he will keep every promise that God has ever made to you as an individual. God will keep his promise. Our text speaks some of the most powerful promises that God ever made to Israel. And I debated over the direction to go with this when I knew the Lord had laid this text heavy in my spirit this week. I, I, I debated over the direction to go. I talked to Pastor Danny Gentry had called me last night and again this morning. I was even debating over the specific direction to go until very late last night. And both of them asked me, are you ready to go for Sunday? And uh, a lot of times because of us being ministers and we share ideas and thoughts together, sometimes we'll share what kind of a little excerpt. Uh, my excerpts are longer than theirs. Um, but we'll share little excerpts maybe of what we're going to preach the next Sunday. And I didn't have direction. I, I, I knew what I was, I, I had the idea, but I, I wasn't sure because there were so many things that the Lord was just throwing at me. Over and again, the Lord said, um, I've heard you, and because I've heard you, um, I've remembered, and because I've remembered, he starts then saying, I will. And over and over again in this text, the Lord says, I, I will, I, I will, I will. And then this text wraps up where he says, all of this, all of this that I'm going to do, the very purpose at the, the, the last four words of the text and the eight verse that I read to you, he said, I am the Lord. And, and when, he, when he signs, seals, and delivers the ending of that text, when he says, I am the Lord, it just kind of hit me differently when I read this passage this week 
because the, when he says, I am the Lord, he's saying, listen, am I, I, just so many scriptures begin to run through my mind. Am I a man that I should lie? Am, am, am I forgetful? Will, will, do I always make good on my word? Because when he said, I am the Lord, all I could think is God always keeps his promises. This text that I read into your hearing are some of the most powerful promises God ever made to Israel. He said, I will bring you out of the burdens of Egypt. I will rid you. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you. He says, I will take you for a people. I, I will be your God. Um, and, and you're going to know you're going to know that I am the Lord. And then he says, I will bring you to a land or I'll take you to a place. And then he says, and I will give you the land for an inheritance. And then signs that, that list of promises with, for I am the Lord. For I am the Lord. I will keep my promise. The journey of this text proves that the Lord, he begins with the fact that he sees where you are and he wants to deliver you from the burden that you're, that you're under. And so he says, I will bring you out. But he ends this passage by saying that I, I'm, not just, I'm not just bringing you out but I'm going to bring you out to take you and be able to give you a heritage that you could never have. I hope this speaks to somebody this morning that God didn't just bring you out to leave you where you are, but he brought you out so that he could bring you into a heritage that he has planned for you. And there's a lot of other promises between the bringing you out and the heritage that you're going to receive. I want to talk to some people that may be wondering about some things that are happening in your life because each of these I wills through this passage, first God seeing where you are, God having compassion and understanding where you are, what you're dealing with, what you're facing. Cause God to come to attention and begin to act and begin to speak words, promising words to each of us and to his people. For those of you that may be going through hardships and struggles, for those who may be in seasons of question that may be going through trials and tests. I just want to come this morning and encourage you if I possibly can. The Lord didn't bring you out of what he brought you out of just because he had compassion and wanted to bring you out. But he had an end in mind from the very beginning. I understand there is a process of time that is called life. Everybody say life. 
It rains on the just and on the unjust. Because you're going through it doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Because you are in struggle and turmoil doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and God doesn't care about you. Just because you've messed up and forsaken God, you have failed God, you have turned your back on God, doesn't mean that God is finished with you or God is through with you or God is angry with you. Because the very first time that he saw you in your mess, he had compassion on you and he said, I will bring you out and I have a plan and that plan is going to have a lot of processes, but I have a heritage that I'm going to bring you into. But today, maybe somebody is feeling alone. Maybe somebody is feeling forsaken. Maybe, maybe somebody is feeling like a failure. Maybe you, you feel like that everything is your fault. Maybe somebody is even feeling forgotten in the middle of your situation. Can I tell you this morning that God hasn't brought you as far as he has brought you in life? And God hasn't kept you from the situations that you could have, that you may have gotten yourself in, and some situations that you ended up in that were not of your own making. But God didn't bring you through all of the things in life that He brought you through. When you should have died, you didn't die. When you should have lost your mind, you didn't lose your mind. When you should have lost everything you have, God came through and made a way. He didn't do all of those things for you. Just because he wants you just to casually know, hey, hey, God is out there somewhere. He is saying, I am your God. I have not forgotten you. And I have a plan for you. And if you will go through the process, I will bring you through to a heritage. He has started a journey with you and I. And God has the ability to finish what he has started because God keeps his promises. I want to make some expository references to our text today. There are five main points that perhaps I should pull from this text. Perhaps there are seven that I will pull from this text. He said, I will bring you out from under your burdens. I will rid you from your bondage. I wish I had. I should have just taken and broken this down into about a five or six or seven week series because somebody says, well, I don't know anything. I'm not living a life of bondage. That word means entanglements. He's saying, I, I, I'll rid you from the burdens that you're bearing, but I'm also going to rid you from your entanglements. That's some things that you've gotten your own self in. That's some things you begin to dabble in that got you pulled into a situation situation that you felt like you will never be able to get out of. It's called entanglements. It's a word used all through the scripture because the people of God have always been prone to entanglements. They get entangled with the wrong people. They get entangled with the wrong things. They get entangled with the wrong motives. They get entangled with the wrong ideology. But God said, I will bring you or rid you from from your entanglements. And, and then he goes on and he says, number three, I will redeem you. 
You know what that means? That means you're never going to be good enough. That means you're never going to be smart enough. That means you're never going to be holy enough. That means you're never going to live perfect enough. That means you're never going to be righteous enough to redeem yourself. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm telling you that everything we do, we strive for perfection. We reach for holiness. We, we strive to be like God. We, we do all that we can do, but man has never been able to redeem himself. But the price for our redemption was paid on Calvary. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, shed his blood and died, he paid a price that you and I would never never be able to afford. He paid a debt that he did not owe so that he could redeem you and I who was under the load and burden of sin. He says, I will redeem you. Four times in these three verses, God reminds Israel, I am your God. I am your God. I I'm your God. This week I spent, this past week I was able to spend some time with my dad. 88, his 88th birthday. We were able to be there and celebrate his 88th birthday. Through this week, it's strange how time changes people and time changes things. We had several family members and very close friends that came to visit several times. And uh, throughout our stay, we had people uh, with us all the time and visiting and my dad would speak to most every one of them and I, I know that his mind had been had, had stayed there when I first got there he, he said to me son I want you to know how important you are to me I want you to know how special you are to me he began to affirm me and talk about his love for me and, 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 and my importance and, and how what a blessing that I had been to him and, and what an encouragement that I had been to him and he, he just shared it over and, and over and over and went on and was so elaborate with it and then my, my, my brother showed up and he began to tell my brother the exact same things he had just told me and then, uh, then some of my cousins would come and visit and family members would come and visit and he would tell them listen you're so important to me and then we had some folks I grew up in and around church with that came out and visit and I, and I saw him put his arm around some of his old friends and he said to them listen you you are important to me uh, I, you you're important to me you uh, you you mean so you mean so much to me. And he would affirm and he would speak. But just before that they left uh, and, and, and went back home and, and Annette and I prepared to make our trip home, Dad came to me and he said, told me again about the third or fourth time on this trip, son, you, you, you just, you, you, you are so, you've been such a blessing to me. And he goes through all of it again and he looks at me and he said I want you to know there's nothing that I wouldn't do for you he said I, I, I don't you, I, I know you're independent he said but but I'm your dad and he just looked at me and he said but he said I, I love everybody I, I love all but son I'm your dad 
And I said, I know, Dad, I'm so blessed. And we talked. I opened this scripture and I began to read it through the eyes of a son looking at his father when he says, when he said, for, for I am the Lord your God. Oh, we, we already know that, but the Lord sometimes wants to look you and I in the face and say, you know, when you're at the point that you have messed up and disappointed yourself and disappointed your family and disappointed your friends and disappointed and you think nobody cares and nobody loves and nobody, and the Lord is just saying, look, look at me. Take a moment. Take a little private moment. I am your Lord and your God. I love you. I care about you. I have a, I wish somebody would receive the word that I am preaching to you this morning. You haven't gone too far for God's grace. You haven't gone too far for his love and his mercy. He's coming this morning saying, I am your Lord and I am your God and I care about you and I am with you through the worst days and through the best days. I am your God. Somebody ought to give God praise this morning. That he just says, I am your Lord. Yeah, evidently in this text, all I could think of is they must be, Israel must have been having trouble remembering that God was on their side. Perhaps they had forgotten that God wasn't against them, but actually God was fighting for them. God was working everything for their good. Can I remind somebody today that God has started a work in you with plans to finish what he started? He's not going to quit on you. It doesn't matter how many people's walked out on you. It doesn't matter how many people has left you standing hopeless and helpless. God is never going to walk away from you and leave you without help. He st what he started in you, he is able to finish. I, I don't even have time to expand this as it is all a weave of Scripture all through the Bible where he said, I, I, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Where he said, I, I, I will be with you. Where he goes on to, to, to tell us that he is, he is going to see us through everything that we face. I want you to know that what God started in you, he will finish. His word says, and I got to move on but his word says that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day and let me tell you what he's saying if you are able to commit it to God he's able to keep what you're able to commit God has no no problem keeping his promises the issue is we have a problem being able to trust that God is going to finish what he started in our life no matter where you are this morning if you will be able to commit it, God will be able to keep it and finish it. If you'll be able to say, God, I know I prayed for that lost child, but I'm praying one more prayer and I'm committing it one more time. I'm believing for that lost loved one one more time. And God's saying, I've got it. I've got it. I heard you. I'll able, I'm able. I'll keep what you're able to commit. I will finish what I start. Because God always keeps his promises. 
The fourth thing he says here, he says, I will take you to me for a people. Which is a beautiful, a beautiful story or a beautiful analogy that God has engaged himself to his people. The bridegroom has engaged himself to the church. Not to leave you at the altar, but he desires to bring you into his house. Oh, I don't know why I'm feeling this so strong this morning. I may not even be able to finish this in its entirety this morning, but I'm reminded, I'm reminded of the commitment. I'm reminded of the commitment two kids only known each other for about nine months, and we decided to get married. And my wife and I sat down, not my wife then, but this young lady sitting on this front row, and I sat down and began to talk. And when we began to talk about, we, we got to the point, and there was something very important to me. And I said, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about I want to talk to you about divorce. We weren't even married. And I said, I want to talk to you about divorce. And she looked at me and she said, okay. I said, that must be a word that you and I never talk about. It has to be a word that we never discuss. It can never be an option. It can never be something, us, us separating, us leaving one another. has to be something. We have to settle it now. Oh, have there been some tough days in our marriage? I'll be vulnerable this morning. We've been, we've been at this marriage thing for about 32 years. Well, I can tell you it hasn't, I haven't always been easy to live with. I haven't, it hasn't always been a bed of roses. There's been roses all along the way. But there have been many times that the only thing that may have kept us together was the fact we went back and had to look and remind one another, remember we settled this a long time ago. If you're leaving, give me about five minutes because I'm packing my bags and I'm going with you. Because we, we, had, we had to settle this. The issue in the world today is that we have, we, we have the lack of commitment like God really intended it to be from the beginning. The whole idea of until death do us part is a biblical idea that God gave toward marriage. But can I tell you this morning that that mankind has taken God's idea and his way of, of betrothing himself to the church and we feel like God's going to get me in the middle of this somewhere and he's going to walk away. God's going to get us in the middle of the trial and he's going to leave us right where, listen, God is not a man that he could lie but I come this morning to tell you that God keeps his promises when he says, I will never leave you, when he in engaged himself to the church he said no man he said you're in the palm of my hand and there's nobody can get you out you can blame leaving on whomever you want to but there is nobody that can get you out of God's hands except you baby you are responsible if you'll stay in God's hands he said when I look in my hands I am reminded of you 
Behold, Zion hath said, the Lord hath forsaken me and my God hath forgotten me. But he said, Behold, I have graven thee in the palm of my hands and thy walls are ever before me. What is he saying? He's saying, I did an engagement ceremony a long time ago on a cross called Calvary when they nailed, when they put the nails in my hands and put the scars in my hands. They are a reminder that I'm engaged to my church and I'm not going to leave them in the middle of the engagement. But I am going to bring them in. He didn't just deliver you because he wanted to make you feel good. But he delivered you because he wants to make you his own. He bought you with a great price, his own blood. Anybody in this house remember where you were when God saved you? (laughs) Anybody remember? For some, it hadn't been that long. For some of us, it's been a little longer. You remember what God saved you from? Anybody remember? Remember the temptation when it almost got you? Remember what God kept you from? Anybody brave enough to lift that hand this morning and say, I remember where I was. I remember what God brought me from. I I was struggling with depression, but he brought me out. I I was suffering from poor self-image, but he brought me out. I was underneath the load of guilt and shame, but the Lord reached down and, and brought me out. Listen, when you remember where you were, when the Lord came and engaged himself to you because here's what he said in his words while you were yet sinners Christ died for the ungodly I'm preaching for somebody to say God didn't God didn't die for a saved church he died for a lost world so that he could take you through a process and the process ends you up as a saved individual in the church but you are not done yet because he's got a plan to not only just make you his own but he's going to bring you to a place and give you an inheritance. Where were you when God brought you out? Remember how sin had a hold on you? But he brought you out. God didn't rescue you just for you to get to here. You're looking around saying, I I think I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to go back because I feel like I'm just stuck here. You're not stuck here. This is just a season. This is just a season. He didn't engage himself to you to leave you at the altar. That's not how God works. Here's what he said, number five. He said, I will be your God. Oh, well, I don't know if God even knows. He says, no, no, no. I'll be your God. And he said, I won't tolerate you having any other gods before me or beside me. There is none other but me. I am a jealous God. He said, I I will be your God, but there's one thing that you've got to do. If I'm going to be your God, you've got to put all the other gods away. You've got to let me be God and let me be God all by myself. Somebody this morning needs to hear me. Sometimes your thinking becomes your God. Sometimes your agenda becomes your God. Sometimes your goals and, and motives become your gods, all little gods, all 
all little G's. It's all what you're looking for, what you're striving for. But he said, if you'll put me at the center, I will be your God. And when I am your God, you shall know that I am the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that could testify this morning and say, I remember when I was neath the load of guilt and shame, but the Lord came along and let me know, hey, only God did that. When I would have failed, only God. When I couldn't have made it, only God. And he left us with a point, only God could do that. Only God could have brought me out. Only God could keep me from losing my mind. Only God could save me. Only God could do it. None as clear as the testimony of Israel. God's people declared it was God that brought us out. When the death angel passed over, they were saved by the blood, God's plan. At the Red Sea crossing, it was God that saved them through the water. When they had thought they would die in the wilderness, it, it was God who provided water from the rock. When they were hungry in the wilderness, it was God that let manna fall every morning. When they lost direction, God gave them a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. God had not forgotten them. He had told them of a promised land, but they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years on a journey that should have lasted shorter than three weeks. They wandered for 40 years in a wilderness on a journey that should have only taken them less than 21 days. Is somebody hearing me this morning? Sometimes our disobedience gets us in a pattern in the, in the wilderness of life. We are wandering and we are wandering. We are wandering and we are wondering. Is God, does God see me? Does God know where I am? And he says, I'm just going to give you enough to remind you. There's some manna. There's some quail. There's some water from a rock. There's a pillar of cloud. Uh, there's a pillar of fire. And there is a cloud. I'll give you just enough to remind you that I'm God and I haven't forgotten you and I'm with you. I'll do just enough for you to know. But he said, I'm going to wait until the right moment. And at the right moment, number six, he says, I will bring you in unto the land which I have promised. Watch this. Can I tell somebody today that God knows not only everything else about you, but God knows where you are. I know this morning it may be dark in your despair, but God hasn't forgotten about you. I know it may seem hopeless when your world comes apart, but God hasn't left you there. You may feel lonely today, but be of good courage. God hasn't forgotten about you. So somebody said, somebody said that that I suffer from separation anxiety. I don't know. Maybe I do. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I struggle. I, I, don't like, I don't like to lose people. I don't like to lose friends. I, I, when people walk away, I, I struggle with it. It's a struggle for me. I, I, I struggle. 
and, and, and sometimes I could too get caught up wondering, is God going to leave me where I am? But I came this morning to tell you no matter what you struggle with, no matter who walked out on you, no matter who avoided you, no matter who left you, no matter where you were when they left you, God is not going to leave you. God is going to bring you through and bring you unto the place that he has promised you because he brought you out and by God's grace, he's going to bring you in. Maybe somebody feels like giving up this morning or maybe before I started preaching you were feeling like giving up and now you're wishing I would give up. But I, I'm not giving up with this message this morning until I get through to somebody today and somebody says, you know what, I recognize that I, it's me. It's not my brother nor my sister, but me, oh Lord, that walked into this house this morning and, and I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to stand, but 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 I just got up and stood anyway. I came this morning just to tell you, just keep standing. You're on the edge of your promised land. Just keep standing. Look out on the horizon. Your promised land is in sight. Somebody's been praying for an answer. Just hold on. Your answer is on the way. Somebody's been praying for that lost family member. Hold on and keep praying. Keep praying because your answer is just in sight. The Lord said, all that I promised I will give. And the seventh thing he said, I will give you the land for a heritage. I will give you a land for an inheritance. We have prayed too long to give up now. We've been faithful too long to give up now. We've been faithful through trials that many people have given up in the middle of such trial. But we can't quit now because God keeps his promises. Why don't you just say that God keeps his promises? The enemy would like for you to give up with the promised land in sight. But listen, God keeps his promises. But, but we've come too far to turn back now. He brought us out with a plan to bring us in. Somebody needs to remember that God has brought me this far and he's going to take care of me the rest of the way. I, why do I worry? Why do I fret? Why do I wonder? Just put your confidence in the Lord this morning. God's not going to leave you. He brought you to the place that you are and just hold on to your promise. Here's what David said, and I'm quickly arriving at a close this morning David said it this way in Psalm 91 he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust surely he shall deliver thee, deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and for from the noise and pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler thou shalt not be afraid of terror by night nor of the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness for the destruction that wasteth at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy right 
right side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh to thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. His angels are going to have charge over thee to keep thee in all of his, all of thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dare thy, dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under thy foot because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him and I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in time of trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him thy salvation. I come this morning to tell you there is your promise child of God there is your promise and God makes good on his promises somebody ought to give God praise this morning for the promises of God are faithful stand to your feet lift your voice and give God praise this morning because he makes good on his promises come on lift up your voice Give him praise in this house right now. If you have a promise that you're standing on, just keep on standing on that promise because God always makes that, keeps that promise. You can take it to the bank. God's going to make good on it. If you walked in here wondering this morning, why don't you walk to the front of this building and just declare, God, you've been faithful to me. You have promised me that you're never going to leave me. You've promised me you're going to be with me. Come on, come declare it this morning. Come claim your promise this morning morning. Come lay hold on it this morning. He's going to be with me through sickness. He's going to be with me through trial. He's going to be with me through the test and through the storm. Ah, he's going to be with me. God is able to do Come on, give it to the Lord this morning. Give it to the Lord this morning. He's going to fulfill Come on, seek the Lord this morning. Let that promise be rekindled in you. Let that faith be rekindled in you this morning. What he said he would do. Come on, let's just seek the Lord this morning. Yes, he's 
Let there be a refreshing of faith come this morning. A refreshing of hope come this morning. God is able to do just, just what, what he said. somebody to, to join up with this morning. How many of you know it's easier to walk together than to walk alone? Why don't you find somebody to link up with this morning and say, come on, we're going to pray and believe together. We're going to walk together. We're going to walk by faith together. <laughs> 